Hi, this is David Key. At Quo, we've worked for the last 20 years with many of the world's best-known travel brands. During this unprecedented global crisis, our world of travel has changed, possibly irreversibly. This series will see us speak with many global leaders to understand how they see the future of travel. Good morning, Thomas Vilms, Chief Executive Officer of Deutsche Hospitality, such famous brands as, as Steigenberger Hotels, Intercity, Jazz, Sleep, and Max by Steigenberger. Thomas, good morning. Good morning, David. How are you doing? How is it in Munich? It's uh, sunny and warm, and uh, business is down, and that is what's depressing me personally as a hotelier. Not easy to cope with the situation, but we have to live with it. How far, Thomas, are you able to measure the economic impact of the virus on travel in Germany in the next two to three months and going forward to the end of the year and beyond? It's a crystal ball, David. Um, looking at our travel industry globally, compared to 1950, we have grown 50 times over the last 70 years. So travel is one of the key industries uh, for us and our business has almost come to a standstill. So looking at the damage the virus could cause, but I think not only speaking about a threat to one of our key achievements of global community, the freedom of traveling, which is very important also for this country here in Germany. But we also see a precise indication what economic damage could the virus cause in the world. And in Germany, we have about uh, 3 million, 2.83 million people working in the hospitality sector. Most of our hotels, not only ours, in the, in the countries are closed, restaurants and bars anyway. So if you want a hard number, 90% of revenues are gone for the next 100 days. That is uh, April, March um, and May, and we don't know what the June is going to do. And associates are staying at home. But there is a good government support here to support the people financially and we topping it up. And our big goal is not to cut the jobs because economic advice, cutting jobs would even be worse for the economy. And um, Germany is also one of the top outbound countries. Don't forget that. And um, so there even would be a bigger impact on, on the shorten of leisure travel. Um, Thomas, hi. You talked about this idea of the freedom of travel. Um, what do you think that's doing to people's um, psyche when they have had this freedom taken away from them? And, and, and how quickly will they want to get back to traveling when it is permissible, when borders start to open again? They are so desperate. I mean, this is a social sort of issue. And uh, I, I like to mention this freedom of travel because Germany because of our history and uh, you know the split of the countries for so many years in the eastern part of Germany, people were not allowed to travel at all. So this freedom was earned over the last years and uh, when the wall broke down. So, so it's even social-wise uh, a big issue. Now, having people at home again, um, partly in small apartments and not being, you know, you cannot go out to the supermarket and not, uh, being able to travel, and Germany is one of the top three nations of traveling outbound. So they love to travel for leisure um, and obviously also for business. So 
not easy, Catherine, what's happening at the moment. So we hope, and that's I think we have to stay disciplined to make sure morally we don't go back to another lockdown. So uh, I think that's why we are doing quite okay here, being disciplined to assure it's only 100 days or maybe 120 days. And how during this lockdown are you keeping morale up, keeping spirits and, and energy levels high um, when presumably everyone is feeling very depressed and, and very isolated? Yeah, morale, of course, is key. We are dedicated uh, to our goal, as I said, to maintain jobs. I think if you lose your jobs, it's even harder to keep the morale up. So, but as the virus went globally, we took a sharp, sharp look at what, what could we do. So the top management started myself, all the general manager, we took out um, 20% of our, our loans, our, our pays, our salaries for the next three months. And at the same time, we decided to, uh, to support the employees even higher, not only on the governmental support, which is about 60 to 67% of their net. So we're adding another 20%. Um, to all hierarchies to bring them uh, through the crisis. Uh, we do video messaging, uh, I do uh, GM calls. We have uh, online training seminars um, to keep them alive, uh, like we say. And uh, obviously we are also working to openings and, and new hotels and working on reopening schedules. So it's even motivating to work on reopening schedules. Um, and um, and every, any hotel wants to be the first one to be reopened, but uh, that plan cannot be done at this stage. Thomas, um, just also going back a little bit to the, 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 this idea of the freedom for travel or freedom of travel and how that relates to the new normal. Do you think that, uh, obviously over the last um, 40 years or since the wall, uh, th sorry, 30 years since the wall came down and have we taken for granted the freedom for travel? And will this freedom for travel be imbued in purpose in, in, in the populations, whether it's business or leisure travel in the future? Well, I think China is another even bigger example. Um, China, um, 100 million people are traveling already. And it's only a small percentage of the population. And uh, we have more Chinese travelers than Americans at the moment. Um, at least we had them uh, to, to, to January. Um, so look at the, at the country, the young people, uh, they like brands, uh, they like the freedom, they like to travel, they are curious, they are well-educated, they have the money now, the middle class has risen. So they're traveling the world. And, um, so this could uh, and will hopefully happen to another you know, country as well. Uh, so politically, this is so important. And now they're back to borders, controls, and even sometimes in state controls, you know, because states are fighting within the countries. So this is something which is, uh, so it's not only how do we fight the virus, it's only there is, there is uh, in many households, we know that by the statistic, there is, uh, you know, fear, there's crime, there is uh, people, uh, you know, being so close together with the children, not going to school. Uh, so, so it's even worse than freedom of travel to stay home is, is, I think, a terrible thing at the moment. So we have to watch this very carefully. Uh, the good thing is, I think travel will always survive. People are so curious. People are just waiting to get out again. So let's hope for August, September um, that that will happen. 
the we, we we're talking about the bridge between the, what we're calling the analog and the digital age or the pre-virus and post-virus age and the new normal which we've talked about a little bit with the freedom of travel how else do you imagine the new normal after um the next two three months and, and beyond that yeah i think first we have to manage the fear and uh, then markets will come back. So the, the, the desire of uh, distance space to continue within accommodations and companies are coming. So business trips will be kept, I think, I think pretty low. Um, on the other hand, people have to go back to business. So the economy is down. Uh, some say leisure travel will come first. Um, but that, I think, leisure travel will come to the, in the new normal in the domestic market first. I think people will not go to fancy places and to unknown resorts at the first sort of instance. I think you go to the normal, I think brands will, uh, will be strong because they are trusted. And uh, so I think people go to places they have known uh, in the new normal first. Uh, the last thing which will come back, I fear, which is because it's a big segment for us, is, uh, is fairs, convention, and meetings. So this sort of big gatherings, big parties, that will be the last uh, segment coming back, I think, to our industry. And given, uh, talking about business travel and, and meetings, given that a large number of your hotels do rely on that sector, how will you, how will you shift or adapt your offering to, to deal with that change in, in demand? Yeah, it's it's a huge segment. So the fairs, all fairs have been cancelled so far, starting at ITB and IHIF, and uh, you know big sort of events, which which is important for Germany, like the Oktoberfest, with six million travelers, um, most of them coming from abroad, will not happen. So um, we will not concentrate on 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 on, on uh, meetings and segments. I think there will be small meetings. All this video conference like we're doing today might be not good for our industry, um, but people will go back. They want to see each other. They want to speak to each other. They want to eat and dine and wine. So this will be, I think, will happen in the next eight to 12 months. But before that, only small meetings will take place. So we are we are geared for that and our, our uh, sort of salespeople are targeting these groups, but we will not have functions with 800 people's, uh, people very soon. Do you feel that loyalty to brands and, and the, the, the brand equity that you've built with Steigenberger, with Intercity and with, with the other brands will see you through um, in the future? Or do you think you need to pivot, adjust these brands in order to attract, obviously, a far lower demand? Well, I think loyalty is king, is king. And uh, we have convinced our guests for the last 90 years to stay with us and to build up this loyalty. And we are just about um, to launch a new loyalty program. Um, so having contact and this trust to your consumers, to your customers, to your guests is key. And I think the success of a loyalty program depends on the fact that the program is designed to match the needs of the consumers and the needs for the company. And um, we are ready for that. And uh, we'll benefit from these guests, I think. Is it an opportunity for you with the new loyalty program to adjust that program to speak more emotionally to 
your to 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 to, to your guests. Yeah, as I said, David, you know that the trusted uh, element of the company, and uh, I like to say it again, who has been successful over decades, um, is something which will pay off. I think, and uh, of course, I synthesize for all my my colleagues and other brands, but. I think this will be the key for the next couple of months to get your customers back. Uh, we are constantly also writing to them as we speak. So we, we in social media, we are keeping the contacts with them and um, they are giving us that sort of loyalty back already in their, in their communications. And Thomas, looking at your pipeline and your development plans, how much has that been curtailed or stalled or, or put on pause for the foreseeable future? Or you, do you still have a number of projects that are moving ahead as, as you expected? Well, that's the interesting and good thing. Uh, I spoke yesterday to our development teams. We have about 80 projects we're working on actively. And um, so the developers and uh, uh, are actually looking forward to the next stage. I think... There will be a couple of takeovers probably. Um, banks will not loan that much money at the moment to new projects, but that, uh, as we know, the, the, the supply over the last uh, five years has been tremendous. And um, so demand has to catch up. So I think there will be a consolidation going on at the moment. Our projects are all on, so nothing has been called off and we are preparing it. They are delayed a little bit from the construction point of view because uh, pipelines of uh, supply um, of the materials have been delayed a bit, but uh, the projects will all open on time um, and new projects are still coming by the day. Thomas, in terms of um, the acquisition, the Thopazu acquisition earlier in the year and the recession and the inevitable opportunities that are going to come out of the recession, do you see um, Deutsche Hospitality becoming perhaps more aggressive in the development world as we go forward? We have never done um, stupid deals. We always have looked at long-term deals and uh, we have built up our brand portfolio over the years to, to have the portfolio from luxury all the way down to economy now, which is good for us. I think, um, and as we know, travel managers are tough. The companies are not doing good in these times. Economy hotels will come back earlier than luxury hotels. This is a normal sort of situation. We had an earlier crisis like the Lehman or like 9-11. And I think we are set up uh, perfectly for that, uh, that environment. So also with the acquisition of sleep hotels, we didn't have an economy brand before. Um, we have now 12 hotels and we have another 12 in the pipeline already. Um, is uh, we, we are geared up for all the markets. On the leisure segment, I think Steigenberger will do well, as said earlier, but business travel will be focused on the city and also jazz. Um, and looking at operations within your hotels and how you're preparing to reopen when that time comes, what big changes do you think you'll need to undertake to be ready for the for the change consumer and the fears they may still have about the virus? Yeah, closing hotels. Uh, you, you, you have you have books actually by the books to close and for crisis manuals, but we never had crisis manuals for 100% closing of hotels. It's always if you look at conversions and saving money, you look at 10, 20, 30%. So reopening. Is, is another special task. We, we open new hotels, but reopening hotels 
is, is sort of different. I think the behavior of guests and the expectations on hygiene um, will change. So I think the way of people checking in technology, more cashless situations um, will be a change sort of in the day-to-day -day work of our associates. But if you think about also in Europe, People like to hug each other, you know, in France or Holland or Belgium to kiss uh, handshakes in Western Europe. So all these behaviors also you have in certain trainings in uh, at receptions and in bars and in restaurants have to be reset. Uh, distancing in bars and clubs in, in restaurants are, are the new normal probably for the next couple of months. So we are working on these manuals if you open hotels, how do we open it? And I think the hotel restaurants are more spacious than, than small restaurants uh, out in the street. But I think the hotels can actually do something beneficial for that social distancing, uh, still you know, enjoying your dinner or your drink and uh, being sort of separated for a while. Do you anticipate a serious um, price war in the, in the Duff market? Yes, I do. That's that's the the downside, of course, of the crisis. If uh, hotels come back, uh, we all would say, no, let's not do it. Let's keep the prices at a decent level. But that will happen, yes, because there will be pressure on from from companies. If you look at the of the value destroyed in, on Wall Street and the stock markets at the moment, so the companies will have to save travel, and um, usually you you save in meetings, in flights, and in, in meals. And uh, there will be a typical price. Well, that's why I said economy hotels will be will be back earlier because travel manager will put out big restrictions. There will be less business class travel. There will be less luxury, less five star segments um, that we have to live with for the uh, for the next couple of years. I think. And how do you see the impact of the virus on the OTA and uh, consumer integration uh, interaction with the OTA? The OTAs suffer like the hotels do at the moment, so uh, you know we can we can feel that and see that. I think um, the loyalty to the brands will even improve. Um, I think um, if we do it right, um, which I think we will, um, in the strong brands with a good loyalty program, that um, it might be harder for the OTAs to get the business back. And, and Thomas, one final question. In terms of the domestic market in Germany, where do you see in, within, the, within Germany, where do you see the greatest opportunity for domestic to come first? Will it be because it's the summertime in Bavaria? Will it be in the north? Where, where, how do you see that evolving? Berlin, perhaps? Well, um, July and August are for Bavaria and for the North Sea, for the Baltic Sea, very important sort of uh, period. So if um, leisure travel is not coming back in July and August, uh, the hotels will be in big trouble because that's the key. That's like for Frankfurt and Munich, the September, October is for the resorts, the summer, obviously. And the Easter business has, uh, is gone already. Um, and also uh, Pentecost, these, these sort of areas are weak. So I think still leisure will come first and people will stay in the country. Um, they will stay in Austria, they will stay in Switzerland and they will stay in Germany. And the same applies for the other neighboring countries. They will not cross borders. And uh, as I said, then business travel, there will be pressure on business travel because people need to do business again. And the last one will be meetings, conventions, fairs. This will be 
the most difficult segment for us. Thomas Wilms, Chief Executive Officer of Deutsche Hospitality, thank you for sharing your views on the future of travel. Stay safe and take care. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, David. Thank you.